Unarmored Talk Podcast, Episode 27. My challenge, get hired in 90 days or go home. With today's guest, Mary Cho. And please remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel at Mario P. Fields YouTube to watch this episode and previous episodes. And don't forget to leave a rating and review on the Unarmored Talk page on Apple Podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Unarmored Talk Podcast, where we will have real life discussions that helps you develop an accurate way of thinking. And where we're going to do this is we're going to gain a better understanding of how emotions, feelings, and thoughts can influence the outcome of a personal or professional challenge. I'm your host, Mario P. Fields, and today's guest is Mary Cho. She is an entrepreneur, a world traveler. She also helped Nicole and I launch our first business in 2018. I tell you, our website was horrible until we met Mary Cho. Mary, welcome to Unarmored Talk Podcast. Thanks, Mario. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. No, I'm honored. Uh, again, when you accepted to remove your armor to come on the show to help folks, I was like, man, this is this is awesome, just like the other ones. But hey, tell, tell the listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself. Cool. Um, yeah, like Mario mentioned, my name is Mary. Uh, I am a product designer here living in Denmark, uh, in Copenhagen. Born and raised Orange County, California, and um, yeah, try to travel as much as I can. All my time goes to work, but I absolutely love what I do. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Denmark, <laughs> Copenhagen. Yeah. So, so we know you weren't born in Denmark, Copenhagen. Oh uh, no! <laughs> so so let's jump right into the topic. You mentioned Southern California. I mean, I know that's where we met. Orange County, born and raised. How did you? How did Denmark? come into the journey of life? Yeah, I think we should take it back because there has just been such a journey to even get there. Mm. Um, I think from 12 to 13, I've always wanted to really explore and move to a different country. Uh, it was since I kind of met my first uh, foreign exchange student who was from Australia. And it started making me think, wow, this world is really big and really small at the same time because how could this guy come as an 18 year old all the way over to the States. Um, and yeah, just, I'm part Korean as well. And not long after my dad took me to Korea with my brother and it kind of helped me explore even more outside of the States. So growing up, there's always been some sort of curiosity, some sort of wanting to travel a little bit more. And Copenhagen just happened to be it uh, from 12 to the age of 26. So that's kind of how like that came about. And that's amazing how you had this vision at 12 years old and you, you had an understanding that the world, right? The world is large, not just your state or your city. Yeah. But, but to make the vision become a reality, I, I believe a lot of people struggle with that. Um, you know, we're not talking you move from one county to another county. I mean, we're talking you went across the seas. Uh, yeah. So, so how at the, at the young age of uh, 26, that now this vision that began at 12, what, how did you get to the point where you were able to say, let it's time to make this become reality? Yeah, uh, I think it really started in uh, my university. I was uh, a full-time student and I was working part-time. So over maybe three, four years, I was really focused in social media because my degree is in marketing. Mm. 
Right. And um, this is kind of where, you know, online marketing really came about. You started hearing about um, food porn and also the restaurant industries, like really everyone taking a photo of their food and uh, food beasts coming out. So uh, very early on, I really noticed what a huge um, social media presence could really make a restaurant. I think uh, at that age, I also realized that a lot of restaurants uh, owners are not tech savvy. They are, most of them are baby boomers. And knowing about baby boomers in marketing, they have a whole lot of money. And it's not about that really, but it's really about, you know, um, really finding a niche at a really early age. So my second year of university, uh, I found more time on my hands because I honestly really love to work and meeting new people. And I started reaching out to restaurants and offered to work for free to kind of learn about, you know, having my very first clients. And after about six months was when I started actually getting paid for what I did because I'm a brand new student and I am trying to run these restaurants, social media and they're actually putting all of their trust in me. Right. Um, and after doing that and realize, you know, wow, you actually don't have to go to these restaurants every single day to work. I'm really only seeing these people maybe once a month. Um, so when I was starting to uh, get closer to graduating, I really wanted to travel. So me wanting to travel is still in my blood. Right. And maybe not living in a different country, but maybe traveling a lot was something I wanted to do. Um, so when I realized that I didn't have to go to work every day and still get paid and build that relationships with my clients and build that trust, I actually asked uh, three of my clients at this time if they would be okay for me to go to Asia for maybe three months and still keep that relationship and keep managing their social media accounts. Right. And luck luckily enough, they all said, yeah, um, so that was kind of my first time experiencing that nomad life, right? Being able to travel the whole world and still work for my clients back in the States. Uh, so yeah. that's kind of like how being able to nomad going to different countries really came about. And that helped spark me thinking like, maybe I don't have to live somewhere forever, but maybe I could live a lot of different places and always kind of have a home base back at home. So wow. that's kind of, yeah, that start, that really sparked to start wanting to do this. And what, what emotions did you experience? You, you know, you have these clients, you've built this relationship with them. They trust you. I mean, I'm not a baby boomer, but I wasn't that tech savvy either. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I can, ladies and gentlemen, I can accurately say from my personal experience with Mary Cho in my level of expertise, and when it comes to web design, I was horrible. So you're right. You found the niche and uh, I was a, you know, I was a recipient of that. But but you, you have these clients, you have these relationships built. Now, all of a sudden, you, you want to make a decision that you may you feel may lose your clients. What emotions did you experience when you went through that process to ask them, would they be OK if you went to Asia? Um. I knew I had a really good relationship with them. And of course, there's always going to be a question of whether they would want to keep me or not. Mm. Um, but I tried to be as transparent as possible. I think that's the most important thing when you have a business, when you have, when you build a relationship with anyone, you have to be as transparent as possible. And I actually told all of them 
about six months before I wanted, I was going to buy my ticket that, hey, this is something I've always wanted to do. I just want to make sure that like we could build a plan before me going. So it's about building up to the actual day that I leave, right? So of course there's a question, but within that six months of me telling them that I wanted to go to them being okay with it, it it's been a very hands-on process. So um, the doubts and the questions of them not wanting to continue the re- relationship kind of goes away when we both be are more comfortable that the longer I am away, they'll know that I can still keep that quality even from across the world. So yeah, there was some doubt, but I think we both trusted each other good enough for them to continue. Right, right. And I like how, mm-hmm. how, how you know, you talk about the, the, the relationship you have built with your clients um, and, and the trust, which you have to earn, right? You can't, you just right. go to this local store and get two loaves of trust, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you know but but you know and that's that's amazing how you you were able to put some effort you know because it took effort and you made the decision that hey I, I'm a, I want to put some effort to build these relationships and 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 um and use and leverage the trust and relationships I built my clients to get me through some of these emotions of doubt or whatever I may be feeling so so now you make the decision right it's game time right it's it's the day you you, 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 did you fly to LAX or San Diego? Oh, LAX. Right. I never used the airport at San Diego. <laughs> we, we won't tell anybody down. <laughs> we'll keep that quiet. I guess I got to try it now, though. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. And world traveler. So, so, uh, True. you know, so now, so now here it is, you, you know, you're going up to LAX, which if anyone has ever traveled to LAX, uh, God bless. So, <laughs> You get there, you bought the ticket, and now what? Yeah, so this time uh, it was through Asia, uh, and I haven't really hit Copenhagen yet. Um, It was just me testing out for three months, right? So there was no mindset of, I'm going to move to Copenhagen. It was more of like, if I go to, um, to Asia for three months, could I actually live here? And within these three different countries that I've been to, Bali, Indonesia, Vietnam, and Thailand. Um, Korea was not one of them, but it's always been somewhere I wanted to live because I have family there and I knew it would be a lot easier. Um, After going to Asia and nomading and traveling to like different spots and working, I realized that I didn't really have to live in Korea or anywhere. I can just kind of live everywhere at a small chunks at a time. So that was kind of my next plan of action. Um, After coming home for three months, I went to Iceland and worked for a week and then came back home. And um, I was actually asked by a Norwegian friend who moved to California to visit Norway with her and uh, stay at her family's. So by this point, um, I've I've actually hit Europe. It's my first time in Europe, basically. Mm. Um, And really Europe is something else. I think it is completely different, of course, from Asia. Um, It is nothing like Iceland either. Uh, And I think it's the architecture and the nature of Norway that I really got spoiled by. Um, But Norway didn't give me that sense of home Mm. at all. I just knew, wow, this is such a beautiful place. I would love to nomad around here. But 
Norway is also very expensive. I don't know if you know that, Mario, but Norway is really expensive. So, so you're from Southern California. If you're telling yeah. me that Norway is expensive, I, I, I'm assuming that it makes California living cheap. I think it's just, yeah, yeah, I think just a little bit. Of course, there are differences. And of course, uh, Southern California could be more expensive in a lot of different ways, uh, like I'm sure any other country. But, um, you know, I didn't have a job. I had clients only, right? So I didn't have a stable salary. Um, And if I wanted to move to Europe, I knew I had to find more clients, but I knew it wouldn't even last long depending on where I wanted to stay. Um, it was really going to Copenhagen after Norway that I felt really, really at home almost. Um, it was actually a surprise or not planned me going to Copenhagen. Uh, it was actually recommended because a lot of Norwegians go to Copenhagen to party, but this is in September, so I'm not partying or anything. And also, you know, this, this is on our market, Mary. This is on our market. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, but don't worry, I didn't. Um, and not that I wouldn't have, but it's also September, and it gets really dark around 3 p.m. Um, so it's just, you know, I got there at six, and I could remember the first time I stepped out of that eight-hour bus ride. Uh, you just hit cobblestones right away and you hit cafes lit up and you feel extremely cozy when you really walk around Copenhagen and you feel safe. I mean, um, living in Orange County, of course, some parts are safe, but I always felt like I have to turn turn around to make sure no one's following me when I go for a walk or something. But around Copenhagen, when I would walk around alone and a lot of different parts of Europe as well, I felt really safe and um, I felt like there was a sense of, you know, I was working for my clients, of course. So I would be working in different cafes on my laptop and a lot of people did the same thing. I mean, Orange County wasn't that way at this time. We are now, uh, but in Copenhagen, you see a lot of entrepreneurs sitting around you. So you feel that vibe of that startup life almost. And I really saw myself living here and I didn't feel that way anywhere else of all the countries that I've been, but it was something about Copenhagen that I really saw myself living here for an X amount of time. So that's kind of how it started. And I I like how you highlighted, you you know, how your feelings and emotions, which, which feelings and emotions, you know, all humans have them. I mean, you can't, we can't get rid of them. Right. But how, how they influence your thought process, but you didn't make an emotional decision. Um, you know, you thought through it at any point during this, this journey, did you fail or, you know, everyone has a different definition of failure, which is not, it's just, it is at any point that you fail and what was it? Oh my gosh. It was a wild ride. Okay. So I don't know if you know, but in order to live in Denmark, you have to have a work visa or you have to be married or whatever. So my goal was to have a work visa. Um, When I came to Denmark the fourth time, because it took me a year and a half since the first time I stepped out of that bus to tell myself I'm going to move. So the first day I had 90 days to find a job because I am on a travels visa. And within this travels visa, I have, um, I'm within the Schengen law where I can only stay within, I can only stay here for 90 days 
and not be allowed to hit the other 26 countries after the 90th day, mm. which means I could either go home or go outside of all the Schengen countries. Um, so basically, I was on a time crunch to find a work visa in 90 days. Very first day, I applied to 20 jobs, quick apply, LinkedIn, Glassdoor, everything, just like, what can I do to find a job? Um, and I'm also competing against other Danes, other, you know, Danish citizens, other, you know, residents. And um, also a lot of uh, Europeans, or at least in Denmark, it's known for them to have their master's degree. That's like their basic, right? Where I have my bachelor's only. Um, and I'm also applying for jobs as a product designer and my degree is in marketing. So it's just like all of the odds are against me at this point. Um, it also didn't help that I kept reading articles before I moved, like how hard it would be to find a job and, you know, it's difficult to find friends and, you know, so it was quite demotivating, but I knew I just, it's just 90 days of my life. I have my savings. I still have my clients. So why not try it? And it was 90 days of emotional roller coaster. Um, it also didn't help that in Denmark, when I arrived at the end of March, so close to April, until I had until June, Denmark has a lot of holidays in between. It's like their heaviest holiday months. So not only am I trying to find a job in 90 days, people in companies are out on vacations. So the process extends to even get an interview. And um, I got my first interview after a month and a half of applying to about 20 to 30 jobs a day. Uh, and, you know, it's very hard for them. I had to find specific companies who are more global companies. Right. Um, Copenhagen is a smaller city. So the opportunity there is uh, more limited than somewhere like California. So I've failed a lot of times. I've gone through interviews where I hit the very last spot where we're negotiating salary and then getting emails saying we found someone else. So that was also very difficult, but um, I hit the goal on my 90th day on the way to the airport. I got a call and wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute on the, yeah. well, wait, let's make sure we get this Yeah. on the 90th day. You're, you're going back to California. Yep. You're done. You're like, I didn't, I, I missed I'm done. Pick, packed all my bags on the way to California, just accepted that, you know, it's not going to happen. Gonna Maybe happen. I'll try it next year. Yeah. Yeah. So basically I was on the way with all of my bags and, um, I got a call from who is actually now my friend Sanaya. And she basically said, I got hired. Um, but that I can't come back until August because people are, are on summer holidays here <laughs> and this is June. So uh, yeah, on the ninth, 90th day, I was told I was, I got my work visa uh, and I could move to Denmark. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this, what, what an amazing journey. And, and, and look at the results of you using accurate thinking not giving up, understanding that, right, your words, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. And, and I like how you said, Mary, how on, on the way to the airport to head back to Southern California, you, you know, I, I believe you felt defeated, but I love how you said that, no, oh, I'm going to try again next year. 
You know, I'm not done. You know, you're going to see Mary Cho again, Denmark. And if I got to do 20 to 30 job applications for another <laughs> 90 days, so be it. You better read through them. <laughs> yep, exactly. That, what, what amazing journey. I'm, I'm serious. And I, Mary, I know this episode will, will inspire others uh, to not give up on their vision, no matter how old or young they are. Um, and, and age to me is just, it's just a number. It's all mindset, right? Belief, but um, yep. what could you give our listeners and viewers uh, if you had to give them some advice? You know, what 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 would you tell them? If you really want something, I know it's really cliche, but I mean, if you really want something, you'll find a way to do it, and to really not give yourself like a pressure time. Like I said, if I couldn't do it this time, I would do it again because I knew I really wanted it. And I would just keep saying that to myself over and over again. So that's the best advice I could give. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard from Mary Cho, who's now in Denmark on a different time zone. That's why I'm glad the map is behind me because I can actually see where she's at, make sure we sync the time. But if you guys <laughs> want to watch this episode or, or, or you know previous episodes, Subscribe to my YouTube channel at Mario P. Fields. YouTube, put it in your search engine. I'll pop up. You can also go on Apple Podcasts and download the audio. Always leave us a rating and review. Um, even if it's a one star, we like that. Uh, it helps us get better. Uh, but until next time. And also, Mary, if, if someone wanted to reach out to you or whatever, how could they find you? Are you on LinkedIn or how could they find you? Yeah, I am on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Instagram as well to all the millennials. Woo. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, let's do it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, again, Mary Cho. But until next time, we've got we'll see you guys later. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Unarmored Talk podcast. Subscribe at www.unarmoredtalk.com to receive information on the release of upcoming episodes. Unarmored Talk podcast is sponsored by Global Inspirational Speakers, LLC, a inspirational speakers bureau that connects inspirational speakers to the world.